singing tonight. <clears throat> Boy, that was pretty. I like that. I love good music. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 16. 2 Samuel chapter 16. You know, we, we make compliments like that to congregational singing. Personally, I think congregational singing is some of the most important music that goes on uh, in the, the, whole, the whole service, uh, number one. And number two, not every church sings like you folks sing, okay? Uh, <laughs> and I don't just mean loud. I mean nice. <laughs> uh, you've got a good sound. You really do. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's any one, one particular person or even one family or whatever. It just God knows how to put it all together. Man, it's, I, I, you know, I know you hear it down there. But man, when you're up here, you really hear it. It reverberates off that back wall. You get it twice, you know, and it's just great. That's just good. It's a blessing. All right, go to 2 Samuel chapter 16 is where we're going to be tonight. And uh, we're going to take a look at the subject of criticism this evening. Subject of criticism. I, was, I, was, I had the privilege to go to what they call a pastor's retreat, what it really it, what it really becomes is uh, it's, uh, you get there at 1030 and fellowship for about a half an hour. And then, uh, uh, then they, they, we go ahead and eat. Uh, they have some encouraging words and they go ahead and eat. And then uh, th they hit a couple of subjects, uh, have some swapping time where you swap some ideas and books that have been read and so forth and praying to home. Uh, but uh, it was just good. It was down at, um, uh, actually, it was hosted by Mount Zion Baptist Church uh, down in Brogue, Pennsylvania. But it was, it was, uh, 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 took place at Shady Maple uh, Smorgasbord. And uh, uh, good, good food, good fellowship, good teaching. One of the things that was covered uh, when, when we were down there was, uh, this subject of criticism, and I've taken a large part of, and I'm, I'm telling you ahead of time, I'm stealing tonight, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm taking a large part of what I heard and uh, uh, reiterating it back. It was a super blessing to me. And I figured it was a blessing to me, it'd be a blessing to you, it'd be an encouragement to you. Truth of the matter is, nobody can go through life without being criticized. Uh, but but what, what I'm seeing in our country today, and I'm seeing this in our churches, it's not, not just among the lost, but it's among the saved. Super, super thin skin. And that's bothersome. The Bible makes it real clear. I mean, real clear. In the book of Psalms, it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Uh, you know what that means? That means you got thick skin if you love the book. And if you've got thin skin, there's something wrong with your attitude about the Word of God. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, I see this. All, I mean, church splits, uh, people leaving churches. I got offended. Uh, I didn't like what they said to me about such and such and so and so. And, and uh, uh, you know, I can't, I can't stop. Uh, you, know, you can't stop the criticism, but you can certainly learn how to biblically handle it. And there is an example in Scripture that is so clear-cut, you, you, you just you couldn't miss it. You just couldn't miss it. And uh, that's the situation with David. 
where David has, has uh, his son has, has risen up against him, Absalom. He's taken over the kingdom. He's forced his father out of the kingdom. And he's in the process of leaving the land. And a fellow by the name of Shemei gets up on top of a hill and starts cursing him. And this is a guy that was previously under his rule and in his kingdom. He starts cursing him, throwing rocks. And uh, he's throwing rocks at him. He's throwing dust clods at him. And, and the way that David handles that thing is instruction to you and me about how we ought to handle, handle criticism. So let's all stand together, if you would. You should be in 2 Samuel 16 by now. Let's look in verses 5 down through verse 14. Verse 5 says, And when King David came to Bahurim, uh, behold, thence came out a man of family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shemei, the son of Girah. And he came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the, the people and all the mighty men were, were, were on his right hand and on his left. Thus said Shemei when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man and thou man of Belial. The, the Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul in whose stead Thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son, and behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, unto the king. I love this guy. I love Abishai. <laughs> he, he, because of his loyalty. He says, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Now, he ain't messing around. He's saying, listen, uh, he, he threw stones at you. I go over there, I'm going to lop his head off. Verse 10 says, and the king said, what have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, curse David. Who shall then say, wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction, and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. And as, as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we, we ask that you might instruct us tonight, work on our hearts tonight. I, I, I really believe that uh, the reason why, and I know this is true of myself, I've watched, I've watched it happen over and over again. Uh, if I don't respond right to criticism, there's something else going on in my life that uh, needs to be dealt with, that needs to be handled. Uh, it makes no difference uh, where the criticism came from. It makes no difference what kind of spirit in which it's given. This was obviously a horrible situation in all respects. 
And uh, yet David handled the thing properly. Help us to learn something tonight about a proper response to criticism, but also, uh, Lord, that we might take a look and, and see that when criticism happens and we don't respond right, uh, there's, some, there's some problems, there's some difficulties. Maybe we just don't love your word. Maybe we just don't love you the way that we should. We pray that you would bless, speak to our hearts, teach us something tonight that will be a help to us and help us to, to, to live for you a little bit better. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. David's critic, again, as I said, he's, he's, leaving, he's, he's leaving Jerusalem. He's, he's going out of the land. And his own son, Absalom, rebels against him. Shammai is waiting for him out there. And, and uh, uh, he begins to criticize him. And, of course, it's more than just criticism when you add stones and dust clods to the, to the mix. Uh, at, this, at this point... What, where was David? Well, David was about as low as you could get. I mean, this is his own son who has re rebelled against him and he even says so in the passage. He said, what more can this guy do to me? He said, my own son has, has rebelled against me and he's taken over my kingdom. Uh, you know, uh, that, that's the worst thing that could happen, not this guy. But he was, he was discouraged, he was exhausted and, and understand that's often when criticism comes. It comes when we're discouraged. It comes when we're, when we're tired. It comes oftentimes when, uh, when we least expect it. And Shimei was on a hill above, and uh, it, was, it was easy for him to cast stones. So he was in a vantage point, so to speak, and could, and could easily cast the stones and easily hit his target. Um, you know, and, and that just shows me anybody can be a critic. You know, it doesn't take any special talent or special ability to be a critic. Anybody, anybody can find fault in what other people do or other people say or what other people are. And, and notice, and I never saw this until, until uh, this, this week when I was reading through this passage again. Not only did David get hit, but his people got hit. And, you know, when, when, when we criticize others, and I think this is important for us to understand when we are the critic, you don't just hurt the person you're criticizing. You hurt other people too. Uh, I've, I've watched family members over the years get hurt because somebody was criticizing somebody else in the family. Uh, you know, the, the, the criticism just doesn't stop between you and that particular individual. It usually goes a whole lot farther and goes a whole lot deeper. And, and notice what Shimei did. One of the things he did was he, he blamed uh, David for, and the, the quote there is, is blood of the house of Saul. In other words, Saul and Jonathan and some of his other kinsfolk are dead because of you. And what he's doing there is he's really blaming, blaming David. Now listen, you know and I know if, if, you've read through your, if you've read through the Old Testament, read about the life of David, there was nobody more loyal to Saul than David. You know, Saul hated David. David loved Saul. Now, you know, he, he, there were times when he, when he fled from him, and he fled from him just to, to save his own skin, to save his own life. 
But, but uh, you don't find him. The closest thing you can find uh, to David um, saying ill of Saul is in the book of Psalms, he talks about his enemy. And if, if you, if you uh, reference when some of those things happen, some of those Psalms are written, uh, he's obviously talking about Saul. You know, sometimes he's talking about Doeg, uh, but, but uh, oftentimes he's talking about Saul. And, and, uh, uh, but he never names him by name. It's always a generic thing. He was extremely respectful of Saul, even though Saul's behavior was, was really was deplorable. Um, but from Shemei's viewpoint, David was associated with, with uh, not only with being against Saul, but understand um, he was at that time, at the time of Saul's death, David was with the Philistines, and he was with the Philistine army. And so and it was the Philistines that, that, that killed Saul, or the, the wounded Saul, and then he fell on his, on his own sword. But, but uh, the point is, is that he, um, through that whole thing, he's looking at it and saying, well, you know, he was on the enemy's side instead of on Saul's side. And so he puts it all together, and, and he attributes the, the death of, of Saul and, and, his, and some of his family uh, to David. Uh, and, and understand this, that whenever someone, now, was he right in all that? No, he wasn't, but he thought he was. You know, he thought he was. And a critic thinks they're right, um, and, and they believe they're, they're justified, but they're not. Uh, take your Bibles, keep your finger here, but go with me to Exodus 22. Look at Exodus 22, and this shows you the clear violation that, uh, regardless of the reason, that, that, that Shemei uh, violated. And it's, it's interesting, too, the, the guy that he's criticizing was really, uh, had, had, from a human standpoint, had more reason to do to Saul what Shemei was doing to him, and yet he didn't because he knew what the Scripture said. Uh, Exodus 22, and look over in verse 28. Uh, simple verse, just simply says, Thou shalt not revile the gods, nor curse the ruler of thy people. And uh, yeah, okay, Absalom ran him out, but rightfully and under God, David was still the ruler. And eventually, of course, the kingdom was restored to him. But, uh, but, but understand that a, a critic really believes that they're justified in their criticism. What was the way that David responded? Let's just go through and dissect it a little bit and, and look step by step at how he responded to the criticism. First of all, he was submissive to it. And he accepted it. Uh, he, and, and, you know, he says, well, he says, uh, God probably sent him. Uh, he said, he told, uh, told, uh, told uh, uh, his men not to go after him, not to, not to lop off his head, you know. Um, he, he, he handled it properly, and he handled it because he had a submissive heart. Uh, go with me over to 2 Samuel 15. And in chapter 15, look down at verse 26. He had made, he'd already made a decision. Verse 26, David says, But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here I am, 
let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. So when it comes to, you know, when, when it comes to his son and when it comes to the situation, he already had a surrendered attitude and a surrendered heart, and he was submissive, and he, he accepted the criticism. Second thing he did is he, he didn't defend himself. He didn't defend himself. Um, I don't know what happens to you when, when you get criticized, but I know what I have to fight all the time. And whether it's a good attitude that it's presented with or it's a bad attitude it's presented with. Um, and, and the reason why I use Shemei is because everything's bad about this, okay? And, and I mean, everything's bad about it. I mean, you can't, you, you can't really say that, that Shemei is justified with anything that he does. And yet, David handles every single point of that thing absolutely perfectly. I mean, you can't, you, you, it's the best illustration I know in the scripture when it comes to handling criticism. But could David have defended himself? Absolutely. And he'd had every right in the world. I mean, he was just the victim of an insurrection, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and, and uh, but what, what he didn't do is he didn't put his defense shield up. You know, and, and again, I, I can't speak for you, but I know that's something I gotta fight all the time. You know, somebody comes with, with uh, criticism, and as I said, whether right or wrong, whether good spirit or bad spirit, it, it, it's tough to, to keep that defense shield down and just let them talk and, and just, just stand there and take it and handle it. That's exactly what David did. And not only did he not defend himself, but look down in verses 9 and 10. He, would, he wouldn't let somebody else defend him. says, Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. I, I think this is where, where we get the, the phrase that we use from time to time, lop his head off, you know. Uh, that's exactly, I mean, he wanted to do that literally, not in a figurative way, but he wanted to do it literally. And he said, no, no. He, you know, he said, what have I to do with thee, thou sons of Zeruiah? Uh, you know, they were, they, were, they were quick to want to, uh, to, to, to handle uh, situations themselves. And uh, uh, Ab Abishai, the thing I appreciate about Abishai, there's two different times when he wanted to jump the gun. There was this time and a time when he wanted to go. And he says, listen, he says, you, you know, you've... Uh, David, when he was running from Saul, he says, you've got an opportunity here. God's placed him in your hands. You can kill him. And he said, no, no, no. Well, not only did David respond right, but so did Abishai respond right to the correction. And, uh, and, and he backed off and said, okay, all right, you know, I won't. Uh, but uh, uh, he didn't defend himself. And the, the third thing we see is that, that he saw God in the thing. Uh, look down in verse, um, hmm, uh, look, at, look in verse 10. It says, and, and the king said, what have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, curse David. Who shall then say, wherefore hast thou done so? Now, what's he saying? He's saying, he's saying listen, God, God is in this thing. Um, he saw God in it, and he knew that God allows what happens. So if he allowed it, then 
there must be a reason for it. And he was looking for the reason. He's saying, look, there's, there, there's probably some validity here, and I need to, I need to consider that validity. Um, the fourth thing we see is that uh, he saw his, you know, the, he saw Shemei's cursing as a reason for God to bless him. Uh, look down in verse 12. It says, it may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction, meaning that uh, the affliction not only being run out of the, the city, but being cursed by Shemei, and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. He says, he's put me in the spot where if I respond right, I'll, I could get a blessing. And that, you know, that really, that's the key to the whole deal right there. You gotta respond right. I am not responsible for what someone says to me, but I am absolutely, totally responsible for how I respond to what they say to me. And, uh, you know, it's the old two wrongs don't make a right. You can't do uh, wrong in order to do right. Um, to, to lop off his head would have been the wrong response. To go over and argue with him would have been the wrong response. And he did, he did the right thing, and, but he, under, he understood the ways of God. And the ways of God are, if you do the right thing and you respond submissively and you respond properly and you don't lose your cool, then you know what? You're putting yourself right under the spout of the blessings of God. <laughs> and God can bless you and can, can uh, uh, be, be a blessing. And then the, the fifth thing that I see, down in verse 11, David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son which came forth of my bowels seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone, let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. He did more than just see God in it, uh, see how God could use it. He said God bid him to do it. God bid him to do it. You know, whenever, whenever that's the case, you know what that means? That means we needed it. If God allowed it to happen and it came into our life, then it, it's something that is approaching a need that is in our life. And, and we need to respond properly to it because God, and he saw that not only was God in it, but he had bidden him. And then, then last of all, he knew who vengeance belonged to. He knew that vengeance was not supposed to be given to his hand. He knew that, that uh, 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 any comeuppance was not to be done by him, but was to be done by God. Go with me over to Deuteronomy chapter 32. And this, this same principle is reiterated over in the book of Romans chapter 12. But uh, in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 35, it says, to me, belongeth, to me belongeth vengeance, and this is God speaking, to me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Uh, but the, the, the vengeance is in God's hand. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Vengeance is not yours. And, you know, you, you, uh, you tried to get vengeance and you're stepping into an area that was never given to you. 
That's given to God. And David understood that principle. And therefore, he backed off. By the way, the rest of the story is, is that before he died, David talked to his son Solomon and said, you know, Shimei, Shimei needs to pay for what he did. And, and I don't believe you say, well, that sounds like he's getting, you know, he's doing the vengeance thing. Understand, this is years later. What he had the opportunity to do is to watch Shimei during that time. And he knew that nothing changed with, with Shimei. And, and uh, so what Solomon said was, I'm going I'm to uh, put you in a city. You go outside of that city, you're going to die. And Shimei went outside of the city because he thought he could do it and get away with it, uh, just like he thought he could do this and get away with it. And eventually... Uh, he was recompensed for, for his actions. But, uh, but the, 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 the whole point is, is that David responded properly every single step of the way. Now let's take a look at some things about criticism. First of all, what are some blessings that we can get from criticism? Blessing number one, first and foremost, above all things. Blessing attacks your pride. Now, can I tell you something? It's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's good to have your pride and my pride knocked down and smashed. And, and criticism does that. Uh, it, it, it will attack your pride. Second thing it, that it does, it's, it, if you're honest about it, I mean really honest about it, uh, it's ne- the criticism is never as bad as what you really are. I mean, you think about that. Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know. That's Jeremiah 17, 9. Can you get any worse than that? No. So whatever criticism they give you, that's nothing compared to that verse. <laughs> that's nothing. So they're only scratching the surface. And, and the reason why it, it, it oftentimes uh, hurts us so deeply is we think too highly of ourselves. We do. I, 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 would, I would have to say probably one of, the, one of the top, if not the top, sins in, in Christianity today, one of the top sins in my life today, is I think way, way, way too much of myself. And I think we all have that tendency. And criticism knocks that thing out, and, and it beats it down. Now, again, it's so important that we respond properly. If we don't, it's really for not, and it just really makes the whole situation worse. Another blessing of criticism is it reminds us, us of how we hurt others with our criticism. You know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's a lie. <laughs> and the Bible says it's a lie. It says that, that uh, words can go as wounds down into the innermost part of the belly. It could just rip you apart. Well, let me ask you something. Uh, have you ever been a critic? I think all of us, if we were to be honest, would say, yeah, yeah, we've criticized. And sometimes we feel rightly, sometimes we feel wrongly, but either way, uh, whether we felt like we were justified or not, uh, criticism is not something that we ought to be participating in, but we've all participated in it. 
Well, then when we become the one who is criticized, we realize just how much those things can hurt. Have you ever had somebody say something in a crowd, you know, with a group of people, and they've said something negative about you, but it was, what it basically was is a joke at your expense, okay? And, and it might have even been a funny joke. And you might have laughed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And on the inside, you're destroyed. I felt like that. I think all of us have at one time or another. Remember that the next time you criticize. You know, it's, it, 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 we, we hurt people a whole lot deeper than what we realize. And criticism reminds us of that. And so that's a good thing. That's a blessing. And then the last, last blessing is it's a test. And it's a test from God. Um, notice the word uh, that David used. He said, God hath bidden him. Bidden him. In other words, uh, God told him to go do it. God, God uh, nudged him along. Uh, God, was, God wanted to use that thing. What was he using it for? He's using it for a test. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in, the, in the situation with Job, when Job lost all that he had and lost his health and everything, and he sat there for seven days. His friends sat with him. They didn't say a word. And then they made a mistake. <laughs> they opened their mouths. And they were, they were critical of Job. I mean, really, you go to the book of Job, and a, a lot of that book is basically his friends criticizing him, judging his heart. And, and they were wrong. I mean, they were, they were, just, they were just dead wrong. But, but uh, notice that at the, at the end of the whole thing, it says, uh, God says that Job spoke right about God, and his friends did not speak right about God. Boy, make sure, make sure that you, during that, that uh, time of, of criticism, it's a test. And it's, it's, it's a test to see how you will respond. And God, God is using it not to make you bitter, <laughs> but to make you better. Uh, not to set you on edge, but to knock you down a, a, a few notches. And, and, and again, we could all use being knocked down a few notches. Our pride is always a whole lot higher than what we realize that it is. So those are the blessings. What about some dangers and traps of criticism? Well, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the dangers of criticism is, is fear or self-pity. Uh, and, and really, you see both of these things in Elijah. When Elijah went up against the 450 prophets of Baal, and then uh, was victorious, and God was strong in his behalf, and God came through in that whole thing and, and, and showed his power and his glory. And then he gets a note. And he gets a note from, from the queen, and she says, uh, listen, uh, you know, this town isn't big enough for the both of us, and by sundown tomorrow, one of, them, uh, one of us is going to be dead, and it's not going to be me. Uh, You've got to go to the original Hebrew to get that, but nonetheless... <laughs> That's, that's, that's what she said. And what did he do? Well, two things. He got fearful, number one. And then number two, he said, I might as well just die. God, why don't you just kill me? Why don't you just, just take me right now? Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a danger of criticism. And, and that's when we respond wrongly. We respond by fear, self-pity. Another, another 
a way that we can respond wrongly and that we can fall into this, this trap is anger, is anger. Over in James 1, it's a verse that God has used a lot in my life. And, and uh, uh, I've been reminded over and over again about the dangers of anger when the Bible says, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Ever, 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 the wrath of man doesn't do any good. And if, if all I do is get mad and get angry and get, get wrathful, uh, the, right, the righteousness of God has not worked. So anger is a wrong response, but that's an easy trap to fall into. And, and really, um, you know, uh, the fellow that wanted to take the sword and lop off the head, he was ticked. <laughs> I mean, he, but would he have been right had he done that? No, he wouldn't have. And David knew that and says, no, put away the sword. The third, the third uh, danger we can fall into is, is and we've already touched on a little bit, self-defense or vengeance. And again, God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Uh, then the, the fourth one is, is worry. Uh, after, after the fact, we can sit there and get all in a knot. And, and you know, that, that's probably my, one of the biggest struggles that I have. Uh, the reason why I got such a blessing out of this, this lesson when it was taught on Monday was because it hit me in so many different areas. And, uh, you know, if, I, if, I, if criticism comes my way, sometimes uh, I take it so seriously that, that I just, I, I, start to, I start to work it, rework it. Uh, I, I haven't found the answer to that yet. I'll be real honest with you. I really haven't. You say, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. I do that. And then I still sit there and say, yeah, but what did he mean by this and that? And do I need to take care of this? And do I need... And it's okay to inspect yourself. That, I'm not saying don't do that, but, but sometimes that inspection turns into worry. And, and, uh, and, and honestly, what, a lot of times what it is, is you're more worried about what the other person thinks of you than you are what God thinks of you. And that's always wrong, okay? You always ought to be first and foremost concerned about what God thinks of you and where your, where your heart is. And then another trap that, that we can fall into and a danger we can fall into with, with uh, uh, criticism is, is getting bitter. You know, we don't resolve it. And we don't resolve it in our hearts. We don't forgive in our hearts. And, and bitterness sets in. Uh, you know, the Bible says over in Hebrews 12, 15 that... Uh, Bitterness defiles many. Many be defiled. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the one that's given as an example is Esau. Uh, you know, Esau's life wasn't exactly a life that glorified God. It was a life that glorified flesh. And uh, uh, we need to be careful if, 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 uh, if we don't respond right to criticism and fall into bitterness. And then the last the last danger is, is uh, we become a critic in return. You know, you hurl at me, ha, 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 you ain't seen nothing yet. I can hurl back better than you can hurl at me. And, uh, and, and, and it, it, becomes a, it becomes a bit of a, of a grudge match, and all those things are dangerous. Now, what, what are some, some proper reactions? And what, the, what these are is just, just some practical suggestions of how to handle criticism. I, I need to have some practical things 
that I can say, okay, when criticism comes my way, uh, this is how I need to handle it. Now, will I always handle it right? Probably not. In fact, I probably nothing. I can tell you I'm not always going to handle it right. But if I know ahead of time what my options are, okay, then I can know what I can do. And if I don't handle it right at first, I can correct the thing and, and, uh, and get the thing right. So here's, here's, some, here's some suggestions for proper reactions. Take 24 hours to consider what they've said. Don't respond right away. Don't respond. And, and you notice David didn't. He really didn't respond. He, he didn't say, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, he didn't uh, he didn't shake his fist. He didn't do anything. He just he just went on. Um, we, we need to take some time and just consider it. And, and you can tell that somebody, somebody oftentimes people come to you with it. If they come face to face with the criticism, they want an answer right now. Don't give it to them. It's not smart. Just say, you know. I've not considered some of this stuff, and you've given me some really good things to think about. Give me at least 24 hours to think about it, to pray about it, and I'll get back to you. Really, that's, that's, that's some wise advice. And, and again, it's biblical over in the book of James chapter 1, the same chapter where it says, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It also says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. The next thing you can do is, is when they're criticizing, listen. And that's painful. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it is. It is painful. Uh, but listen, listen. Listen to the facts. And then listen to the attitude. Um, I think a proper response needs to consider both. You need to consider their attitude, and you need to consider the facts. Uh, third, third suggestion is, is uh, ask God to search your heart. Um, do you ever notice throughout uh, the ministry of Moses and Aaron that whenever they came up against a problem, immediately the way that Israel handled that situation was they started complaining, complaining about their leaders. And, you know, when they got to the Red Sea, they said, they said, oh, you just brought us out here to kill us. When they got through the Red Sea and they saw God deliver them, and then they, they came to the, the, the waters of Marah and they were bitter and they couldn't drink them, and they said, oh, you brought us out here to kill us. How many times did they say that of Moses and, and Aaron? And now that's criticism. You know, I, I, I don't think that's a compliment, okay? You know, you brought us out here just to watch us die. That's not a compliment, that's a criticism. How did they respond to criticism? You know what? Over and over and over again, you know what you see Moses and Aaron, but particularly Moses do. He falls on his face before God. And, and he goes to God immediately about that thing. Uh, except for one time. And that was right at the very end. And when he did that, what did he lose when he didn't take it to God? Oh, my word. He, he lost the blessings of the promised land. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because in the grand scheme of things, 
if we don't respond properly to, to criticism, we could be losing a, a, a ton of blessings that we don't know that God's getting ready to pour on us. And really, David said that. David said, you know, if I respond right, and, uh, and you know, and there's, there's no uh, facts to this, to, to what he says, I'm just putting myself in a, in a position to be blessed of God. Maybe God will bless me uh, for the whole thing. So that's, that really is true. And when Moses violated that, that procedure, uh, it cost him, and it cost him greatly. Uh, the next thing you need to do uh, during, uh, you know, or after criticism is to look for any kernel of truth in it. You know what? The criticism might come and it might be, might be for the most part, false criticism. It could be done in a rotten spirit and the whole nine yards. But if there is any kernel of truth there, if there's anything there that is valid, maybe, maybe you know, your Shemi gives you uh, 100 points about things you've done wrong. And he's wrong in 99 points. But what about that one? You're responsible for it. I'm responsible for it. And if he's, if, you know, and it, it, I'm not telling you, you know what I think, this, this kind of stuff, this kind of, these kind of action, this is the meat of the word, <laughs> okay? This is where you go down deep. And, and this, is, this is some tough stuff. But you know what? You know what God said about David in the New Testament? Yeah, I gave, he gave him, I think, the, one of the greatest compliments of, of giving any human being. He said that David was a man after God's own heart. Whew. Whew. Uh, you know where you, you know one of the places you see it? You see it with his response to Shemei. Um, look for any kernel of truth and be surrendered to fix it. Now, another thing that we need to do is uh, remember that your response will teach them, the person who's criticizing, and others, if anybody else knows of the criticism or is watching the criticism, they don't always do it in public, or they don't always do it in private, they often do it in front of other people. Uh, you, your response is teaching others how they ought to respond when they are criticized, whether, whether uh, their faults are being brought up rightly or wrongly. And, uh, you know, we're, we're teaching them. Uh, have you ever noticed the critical, uh, um, uh, that uh, uh, angry people usually produce angry children? You say, well, it's in the genes. <laughs> well, it's more than in the genes, man. It's, it's, it's through example. It's through example. And that ought to scare you a little bit. Uh, my, my kids are grown, but it still scares me. And it's not just your kids. It's just anybody who's around, uh, you're basically condoning that kind of a wrong response. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I know what, what goes, around, goes around comes around, and uh, uh, there'll be a time when you'll have to confront them about something that's legitimate. How do you want them to respond? Well, you better respond right when, when you're criticized, because folks are watching. And then the last thing is, is uh, and, and we already hit this pretty much, remember what Moses lost. Remember what he lost. I mean, he, he, he lost so much. He lost, he lost uh, the blessings of the promised land. And then uh, Chris Starr is the one who, who uh, uh, taught the lesson back on Monday. And I'm going to leave you with these. These are 
some things to consider when criticized. And, and he gave a list of questions, and I'm just going to read the questions. I, there's a couple of them that I have uh, uh, reworked and rewritten, but uh, overall, this is, uh, the, these are things that we need to consider when we're criticized. Number one, who's the criticism coming from? And what's, what's their past? And what's their present? Uh, what's going on in their lives? What is my relationship to the critic? Does the relationship between me and that person need some work? Uh, what's going on in the life of the critic? What's happening in that person's life that could lead him or her uh, to say those hurtful things and untrue things? Often, often destructive criticism tells us less about ourselves and more about our critic. Um, also, just really have your, have your antenna up. If somebody who normally isn't that way all of a sudden starts blasting you out of the saddle. If they're doing that, you know, our, again, the tendency is get out the sword, man. Let's lop off the head. No, 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 no. Back off. Maybe something's going on in their life and they need to be ministered to. Because, uh, you know, uh, have you ever noticed that when you're hurting deep, uh, it takes less to, to trip your trigger than when you're not? Well, if you're hurting deep, that means you're struggling with something. And that may be the case with your critic. Is the criticism biblical? And does it have any merit? Uh, if the criticism is coming from a Christian, what is a critic's maturity level? You know, you're not going to get the same response out of a new believer as you're going to get out of someone who has been through some things. At least you shouldn't. <laughs> Sometimes you do, but it, you shouldn't. Uh, what's their maturity level? Where are they at in the Christian life? What can God teach me, ask yourself, about, about, him, about him, about God, uh, about myself and about the others through this criticism? Then uh, another thing we need to consider is, is the criticism coming from a, a, a single person or is it coming from many people? When I say single person, I don't mean somebody's not married. I mean, is it coming from one person or is it coming from a group of people? Is the critic seeking your good? Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes it, it, it may come across harsh, but they really, really just are concerned about you and don't always express it well. <laughs> You know, one of the things I've, I've, I've seen and observed over the years is sometimes our communication skills are much wanting. Uh, but, but look and see, you know, are they seeking your good? Do you often hear criticism from this person or is this a rare occasion? And again, if it's a rare occasion, maybe there's something going on in their life and God will use you if you respond properly to the criticism. What you can do is you can gain yourself an audience so you can get in there and be a help and be a blessing and be an encouragement to them later on. Is there a way to work with a critic and teach him or her how to make an appeal with the right spirit, right tones, right wording, and right, right timing? Uh, can, I, can I be a, a, a help or a blessing uh, to the critic? And you need to ask yourself that. Uh, God has placed you in that situation for such a time as this. You know, it's taking place for a reason. And uh, we need to find out what that reason is. And then last of all, what are my initial fleshly responses to the criticism I received? 
what would be a spirit-filled response to the criticism? All, all, all things that are valid considerations and, and valid questions. Let me, let, me just, let me just close with this. I, bottom line is that I uh, cannot change the way people come to me. You can't change the way people come to you. Uh, you cannot control others. And I, I learned that a long time ago. I can't make a decision for somebody else. I can only make a decision for me. But I am responsible for my response. How do you respond to criticism? Is it proper or is it improper? I, 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 I've wondered this week, thinking about the situation with David and Shemei. What would have been, and you know, if you've, if you've read through, through the Old Testament, you know what the rest of the story was with David. Uh, Absalom was taken out. Uh, and uh, David was restored back to the kingdom. What if he responded wrongly? Not only to that whole situation with his son, but what if he responded wrongly to, what if he, particularly to Shimei? Would that have changed things? And it might have changed the end of the story. Our response is our responsibility. Make sure it's the right one. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that you get a hold of our hearts tonight, and there, there's an, a, a person that I'm speaking to tonight that hasn't been the brunt of criticism. Uh, maybe I'm speaking to some folks tonight who are right in the middle of something like that. And uh, Lord, I pray that these things that we've looked at biblically tonight, and particularly the response and the uh, testimony of David, that that would be a real help to us. Uh, Lord, I'm, uh, I'm not responsible for what other people say or for what other people do, but I am completely responsible to you first and then to others for how I respond to those things. Speak to our hearts tonight. Maybe there's some issues that uh, we need to resolve. Maybe it's just a simple surrender that needs to be done tonight. When the invitation is given, maybe what we need to do is just say, Lord, I'm surrendering myself when the criticism comes. I'm going to let you do the work. I'm going to understand that uh, you allowed that person to get through. You allowed that person to deliver that to me, and it's because you are desirous of doing a work in me. Boy, just having that spirit and having that attitude and just having that surrendered heart can make all the difference in the world. Bless, bless the things that we've heard from your word. And God, work in our hearts. And as you speak to our hearts and as you deal with our hearts, help us to, to say yes to you tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's, let's all stand.